and the marvel of it, the glory of the wonderful things that God has done. So I do want to thank you, uh, those of the Hager clan, I guess I should call it the Hager tribe there, uh, that uh, made your way to be with us this morning. We, we really do appreciate it. And it's always a delight to see you all and get to fellowship with you and, and celebrate a day like this. So thank you so much for understand that that some of the travels turned into even longer travels. So uh, be sure and express your appreciation to them. Appreciate that uh, Dennis up there this morning uh, uh, and, and crew. Is that Chloe up there? Yeah. Chloe, we thank you. We were short-staffed this morning for uh, in the sound booth, but uh, y'all did a great job. We we're very thankful. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, open our eyes and let us see the wonder of this indescribable gift that you have given to us in your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. For you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son, May no soul perish within the hearing of my voice this morning, whether it's those listening online or those that have come this morning. Uh, but open our understanding to perceive what you have spoken to us in your word. And open all of our hearts that we may be rooted and grounded in your love, the great love, and your giving of, your own, of the only begotten Son. And may we comprehend the breadth and length and height and depth of your loving kindness and marvel at this everlasting gift that you have given to us. For it's in Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. <clears throat> well, we have, um, for a number of weeks, done our studies in, in Romans. Um, but we think of the passage, of course, during this time and season that is described by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. Uh, Thanks be to God for his unspeakable, indescribable, inexpressible gift that has been given. So as we consider these things and, and look at... Um, the, the glory of this gift and meditate for a few moments on these things. Um, it is because of Jesus that we have peace which passes understanding. We have joy that can't be taken away. We have love that's everlasting. And we have nothing to fear and everything to hope for today, tomorrow, and for always. So... This indescribable gift that has been given to us has many, many, many facets. And as we meditate and consider these things, uh, may the joy and the wonder of Christmas, because death has been put to death. Christ that came in the flesh, that dwelt among us for the purposes of the Father, has accomplished what we could not accomplish, what no man could accomplish but the man Christ Jesus. He came and he is our Savior. We celebrate him this morning. I would direct our thoughts as we look at this meditation to Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 10. 
But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's expressing uh, some of the marvel of this unspeakable gift. And of course, he was given the proclamation of the gospel. Uh, so he was constantly proclaiming and expressing the glories of the unspeakable gift. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish or refuse so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is found in him, but that which is through faith in Christ, and the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. This morning, I want to meditate for a few moments on what it means to have the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith the righteousness which is through faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior and the wonderful glory that, that God has accomplished through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Um, so it's interesting to me, and I, I, I kind of looked through the scriptures this, this week about how many times I will be their God is is stated at some 300 and something times. Um, but many times it's, it's associated with, with that second phrase, and they shall be my people. Uh, and there we see the essence of this gift that was given in Christ Jesus coming, the gift of salvation, uh, the gift that we're, we're given simply by God's grace as a free gift through faith or through trusting in God and in his spoken word. For God has spoken these things to us and he's given us this wonderful opportunity to be redeemed back to our God and our Father and our Creator. So John 17.3 identifies what eternal life is. This is eternal life that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. It's God's desire to be our God. It's God's desire that we should be his people. That we should be here this morning and worship him. That we should express our thanksgiving and our praise and acknowledgement that he is God. And has accomplished these great and mighty and wonderful things. He is a marvelous and wonderful God, and he is worthy of your praise and worship this morning. He's worthy of us giving his, him our attention and expressing from our heart our love for this God that loved us so much that he was even willing to give up his only begotten son. And it was interesting hearing the passage where Abraham was bringing his only son uh, to be sacrificed uh, there on the altar. And, I, and his words were, God shall preside, provide us a lamb. And Jesus Christ came as the lamb of God that he might be our God 
and that we should be his people, for we are estranged from our Lord and God. So let's look then at a couple of points that we would make. We've been given God's righteousness. It's a gift. It is a gift to you. Uh, it is offered freely, and all who will may come and receive the gift of God's grace in Christ Jesus. And so there is a parting from our unrighteousness uh, and that separation that has separated us from our Creator and from our intended purposes, for we were created in the image of God and we were intended for fellowship with the Lord God. But we must part from our unrighteousness for God's righteousness. And we must receive that righteousness on the basis of faith. Uh, so it, there's a requirement that uh, simply uh, that we do all of this work. No, that we cry, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Uh, that we look to the Lord God to do what we could not do for ourselves. For he is God, and he was the only one that could, could take care of these things. So we find, again, in Scripture, uh, in our studies in Romans, and it, it's basically a description of all that we've covered up to the ninth chapter. But I am not ashamed of the gospel, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous shall live by faith. So I want to make the point this morning that it's from faith to faith, because I think it's kind of a, a key um, phrase that the Apostle Paul puts there that, is, that characterizes what he covers in, in chapters 1 through 8. That it, it's by faith that we put our trust in Jesus Christ for our justification before God for our sin, and we're, we're ushered into this relationship with God, but it's to faith, an everlasting faith, an expression of faith as we make our journey through life. And what we find is this, this very, very simple principle that Jesus Christ, who saved us from the penalty of our sin, saves us from the power of sin in our lives. And do you know how he does that? By faith, right? Uh, we know the expression of the power of God at work within us by faith, by trusting in, in what he has done. But let's consider, first of all, uh, this parting with our unrighteousness for God's righteousness. For if there's anyone here in the hearing of my voice that has never trusted in Jesus Christ for their salvation from their sins. We want to make sure that they understand what God has revealed from faith. That it is not by our own righteousness, but having uh, that righteousness which comes uh, from God on the basis of God through faith in Christ Jesus that we may know freedom from the penalty of our sin. So uh, in that, we, we consider you may be one who now compares with others and you think that you're not so bad. 
uh, it's been said, and I, I think it's, it's probably true, that, that we often think that a clear conscience uh, is the result of just simply a poor memory. Um, and uh, we, we have this uh, tendency uh, sometimes, and many of us have that tendency to compare ourselves with others. Well, I'm not that bad, so uh, surely God will forgive and and he, he will overlook uh, this issue of sin in his holiness and righteousness. But God in his holiness and justice and righteousness cannot overlook sin. It had to be dealt with. So it's not good to think that we can compare ourselves with others uh, with good things and think that we would be acceptable to God by our own works. And then there's one who may be burdened with guilt uh, your own sins you, you see because of some, uh, perhaps some really dark and, and gruesome sin that you have committed uh, that as one would share the gospel with you, you would simply say, there's, there's no hope for me because you don't know what things I've done. And I would speak to anyone this morning uh, just to say to you that Christ Jesus and his death on the cross is sufficient for whatever the darkness of your sin is. And God's pardon is abundant and free. He willingly went to the cross because he loves you. And he was willing to pay the full penalty. And the scripture says that God made he who knew no sin, his son Jesus, to be sin on our behalf. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Try him, try God's word, and see if it is not true that in the forgiveness of Christ Jesus, simply by trusting that he paid the full penalty of your sin, that you may enter into that rest and know the forgiveness of our, our Lord Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of God who made his son to be the Lamb of God and to bear your dark and gruesome sin on the cross of Calvary that you might be free. It was for freedom that Christ made us free. Free from the, from the penalty of death, free from the gruesomeness and the horror of the worst sin that we may have committed. God is able and willing and powerful to forgive and to change your life, to transform the life in the name and for the glory of His Son, Jesus Christ, so that He will be your God and you may be of his people. So your guilt is to be taken just as we saw the sinner there. God be merciful to me, a sinner. And God is great in his mercy and willing to forgive for all who will come. Or perhaps you're one who beholds the holiness of God and you tremble over the lack of righteousness uh, and I want you to know that it's a blessing if you're at that place. It's a blessing to understand the gravity of, of the holiness of the Lord our God and of the justice of the Lord our God and the righteousness and the perfection of his character and to know that uh, God is merciful and able within without compromising his justice and righteousness as God uh, to receive one who beholds 
the holiness of the Lord God. The scripture has this to say that, but to this one I will look, to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. If you tremble at God's word, it's a good thing because the Holy Spirit of God is convicting you of the holiness and righteousness and the perfect character of God. And there's no place to run and hide. No place for us to run and hide within ourselves. There's nothing that we can fabricate or pull together or make up. Uh, we can't make up our own God and these things. It must be dealt with through the means that God dealt with our sin. But he mercifully desires to do that for each one of us this morning. And so um, it is to the one who trembles at his word that God is faithful to, to answer as a merciful. And here's the main principle is that he is the God of our salvation. It's where salvation comes from. And he is able and willing to do those very things. So righteousness comes then uh, from faith. We have been given God's righteousness through Jesus Christ. So all who call upon the name of Jesus have mercy upon me, save me. He's powerful and able to do that very thing. So I urge you to call upon the Lord Jesus if you've never trusted in him for the forgiveness of your sin and been ushered in to eternal life, call upon the Lord Jesus and you receive him by faith. What does that mean? It means that you trust his word, what he said he is able to do. His word is faithful. The word of God is powerful. And the promises that are given by God and his word in scripture are to be trusted in by faith. And there's power in it, power to deliver you from the penalty of your sin before a righteous and just God. A righteousness which comes down for us to us from heaven above. It's an everlasting gift. It's an unspeakable gift. It's an inexpressible gift that we have been given. It is not earned or deserved, but it's given to us by God as a free gift. We couldn't do anything beyond or uh, uh, or in regard to that, save me, Lord God, from my sinful self. That's the contrite spirit. That's the broken man, the humble man that calls upon God, acknowledging his need for salvation. And then we would make a second point, and that is that we have been given Christ righteousness. Okay? So... God made he who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf. So God placed your sin upon Christ as he died upon the cross of Calvary, the penalty for it, and it was paid for in full. But God also took Christ's righteousness and gave it to us as a free gift. For the wages of our sin was death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So there is... That second part of the, of the passage there in Philippians verses 9, uh, transitioning into to chapter 10, that I may know him. So this gift that God has given is that we may know God, that he could be our God and that we should be his people. But also uh, notice that it says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. 
That's the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's the power that conquered the grave. And the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed unto his death. So we've been given the wonderful privilege of the fellowship of Christ's suffering. But the power of his resurrection to deal with the power of sin in our lives. So there is a parting then with our self-righteousness for Christ's righteousness. And I want to make and impress this, this very important principle in your heart and life that it is the tendency of a Christian to begin to depend upon his works, the energy of his flesh to live the Christian life. It's something that we all struggle with, something that we all have difficulties with. It's the nature that we want to, in pleasing God, fall back upon depending upon the flesh and doing works and service before God to, to gain his pleasure. But the, the, the reality is that our sanctification, I'm speaking with believers now, that the reality of, of actually walking with God and knowing the transforming power of the Lord our God, uh, knowing those things uh, comes in the same way, in the same manner as we uh, uh, did uh, through faith. And so the scripture says that, uh, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord his spirit. What it's speaking of there is the transformation that takes place in the Christian life because God has predestined for you to be conformed to the image of His Son. And as God our Savior, He wants to do that work in and through you. But it is His work. It is His power. And it's the same process, the same principle, the broken and contrite heart that calls on Jesus Christ to save us from the power of of sin in our lives from the power of those things that hinder the transformation of that life into Christ Jesus. You see, we've been established in Christ Jesus. In Him, we have life. And He is our Savior, is the one that saves us. And it's, a, it's a, an amazing thing. And it's something that I, I would encourage you to meditate upon. Because it's not about me but it's about God's glory. And what I mean by that is that transforming power is never going to happen by self-righteousness, by, by fleshly works or the things that we do before God and the power of the energy of our flesh. But it's going to be done by the Spirit of Jesus Christ and the work that God does in us because He is our Savior. There's such a freedom in that to know that the, the process of sanctification, of living the Christian life, is simply a means of depending upon God as your Savior. And there's no place to brag. There's nothing that we can present to God other than the fact that God in His mercy saved us through Jesus Christ. God in His mercy sanctified us. God in His mercy transformed us as we saw the person of Jesus Christ as we looked upon His glory, as we saw the face of the glory of our Lord and Savior. Uh, so we celebrate such things. And I, I just think of, of the passage in, in um, 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, and it, it has this to say uh, that, um, that it is in the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. That's where our transformation is. It's in a personal and intimate relationship with the Lord God on the basis and the power of His Word and the glory of the person and this, this wonderful relationship that God has given to us. And so we're parting. Our service is a, a work for God, often in the energy of the flesh. And, and it's just like um, all of, of these things as we look at Christmas and we, and we are, are giving gifts and, and gifts are, are temporary, you know, because I remember my childhood gifts and, and I remember uh, that uh, they were put aside. They were temporary. Um, I enjoyed them. I still remember my colonial soldiers and we used to shoot them with the BB gun and blow them up with firecrackers and, and they were fun. But they're gone, you know, they pass. Uh, gifts pass, but this gift that God has given to us is everlasting. It is an unspeakable, indescribable, everlasting gift. And it, it works daily. It's, it's something that we can never put aside. It's something that we must lay hold of that grace. Christ's righteousness is an everlasting gift to you. Enjoy it and carry it out of Christmas season, the, the glory of God's indescribable gift. Um, also, righteousness, which comes from faith, is also to faith. And, and I think of this passage again in Romans 1 through 17, and there was a good translation of it. It says, this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish. So you know what's really wonderful this Christmas? Is to know that God is going to do what you can't do as far as finishing well. And it's all on the basis of God's grace through faith, through trusting in Him, through looking to Him, through depending upon Him as your Savior in the sanctification process. I'm, I urge you as God's people, finish well. And the way you finish well is faith in Christ Jesus, knowing Him, seeing His glory, looking at the holiness of the Lord Jesus Christ, the perfection of that glory. For the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And that's what we need. And when our meditation and our thought is there, and when this everlasting gift that God has given to us is taken into our heart and ingested into our life and we behold His glory and we see that glory, we're transformed by the glory of the person of Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to carry with us this day. It's not earned or deserved, but it's given to us by God as a free gift. Now I have a quote from you from Andrew Murray. Andrew Murray had this to say, Faith is the ceasing from all nature's efforts. Do you know what that means? Self-righteousness. It means all of our fleshly efforts to win God's favor, to please God, to do something in the strength of who Jim Davis is, who you are as a person. 
But there's a relationship that we have with Christ Jesus where we cease from self. And that's why the scripture often speaks of death to self, that the life of Christ might be made manifest in us. And it's the process that Jesus displayed. I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. It's necessary for me to grow the cross and uh, that I may be uh, that out of that, that death, the resurrection will bring, bring forth much fruit. Uh, and so these principles, this truth, is that faith is the ceasing of all of our self-righteousness, self-efforts, and all other dependence. Faith is confessed helplessness, casting itself upon God's promise, and claiming its fulfillment. Faith is the putting ourselves quietly into God's hands, for him to do his work. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it make, doesn't it make you free? Because we know in complete confidence that God is able, that he's able to save me. He's able to sanctify me. He's able to deliver me. He's able to help me finish well from faith to faith. God be merciful to me, a sinner, because I tell you I fall so short in so many ways. But God is not finished and I have confidence not no longer in myself, but in the Lord God to do what he is well able to do. He is able to save us. It's an indescribable gift. And so uh, this wonderful promise in scripture I would leave with you. Uh, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. This Emmanuel, God with us, is... Uh, a wonderful uh, person, a, a, a wonderful uh, reality of, of the gift, the indescribable and perfect gift. Emmanuel, God with us. He's been given to us. And finally, I would just make the point that we are to give thanks to God this morning for his indescribable gift, for it is everlasting. And it's with you this day. But there is the exercise of our faith, our trust in him. There's the exercise of the broken and contrite heart that calls upon God to save us, God to sanctify us. So there may be some here this morning that are struggling with some area of sin. Uh, but the answer is always the reception by faith of the righteousness of Christ, of the righteousness of God, of the power of God expressed in and through us by his great mercy and loving kindness. So I urge you to receive the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith that you may know him. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word, for the wonders of what uh, you have done for us as your people. Heavenly Father, may every heart within the hearing of my voice this morning receive that righteousness which comes from you on the basis of faith in Jesus Christ our Savior. He is the incarnate, indescribable, unspeakable, everlasting gift that you have given. He is Emmanuel. His spirit is with us here and now. Our resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, has told us that he has gone to prepare a place for us and that in your house are many dwelling places. Our Lord Jesus said, I go and prepare that place for you. I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also. Thank you that you have given everlasting life and eternal dwelling place 
in your presence. You are our God and we are your people. We give praise to our Lord Jesus Christ who created all things. And in him is life and the life is the light of men. Lord Jesus, you are worthy of our praise and worship and we give it to you this morning. Our Heavenly Father has given you a name above every name and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that you are Lord and you will receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will and for your purposes they exist and were created